Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Guess what day it is. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. I'm worn out. Blitz. Yeah, it is the Blitz here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Every time you do that, I, I just cringe thinking what Jane Slater is thinking yeah, on the board, other end of that James. line. Yeah, Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Jane, how's your Wednesday? I'm good. I thought the board op was having a seizure back there. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's hump day, Jane. It's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, it was a good day at the Star, guys. Uh, I saw a lot of the Carpe Omnia sweatshirts, which, of course, this sees everything uh, that they start at the, end of, at the beginning of the season. It's not a new thing this week. It is colder here. But I did. I just felt that the tone in the locker room was a really confident one, ready to go and get this game taken care of. You know, Jane, as you, as you say that, leading up to the San Francisco game, there was so much talk about how big of a game it was, and we all know what the result was. Is the approach different for this week's big game against Philadelphia? We sort of touched on that with Micah Parsons a little bit today, and I always love how matter-of-fact he is. I know it drives some fans crazy, but he is a real student of football, and he said, you know, there's going to be games where you get outplayed or – you weren't exactly prepared for what they were scheming up defensively or offensively. And against the 49ers, I got the sense that that's how they're approaching that one. Now, what, that was like what they lost that one by like 32 points. So uh, I don't know if you can brush it off. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you can brush that one off that much, but I do get the sense that they are anxious uh, to get this one under their belt this weekend. If you really look at these two teams, you know, I was kind of looking at their numbers today. You know, the Eagles are very good at home. They are 3-0, and averaging 33 points per game uh, at home. Cowboys only averaging 21.5 on the road. But when you look at Dak all-time, he's 8-3 and against that team. And kind of a funny exchange between us today. I was asking him, because I don't know about you, maybe I just – this is just not a, like a saying I've ever heard. If you see me at a fight with a bear – pour honey on me well i'd actually never heard that i found myself googling it i am, am I, I way in here guys I, have you heard that one before? no no okay i didn't know it, it felt like a jerryism right but i guess <laughs> the saying is if you see me in a fight don't help the bear pour honey on me it still just it still doesn't make sense i was going through this with my boyfriend the other day. i'm like why am i so dumb am i missing this but i asked him I said, you know, where did you get that? He goes, I'm sure I heard it from my father or something along the way. 
But he said, you've never heard it. It's just basically like, I don't need your help. Go help the bear if you see me in a fight. And I said, well, I guess you can say that confidently, given the fact that you're eight and three against the Eagles. He goes, it's nine and three. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's eight and three. So I turned to Todd Archer and the other reporters. I go, I'm right, right? It's like eight and three. They go, it is. He goes, well, I just didn't want you to take that one away from me. I go, oh, I get it. You're all about manifestation, manifesting this one. So that just kind of gives you a sense of his confidence heading into this game. Jane, when you're, when you're talking to the players and around the star today, uh, was anybody concerned, or maybe that's not the right word, but surprised that uh, the Cowboys didn't make any moves yesterday? I don't think so. And, you know, when you make the moves, sometimes it can be really agitating, right? Like, I know it was probably agitating when they went out and got Michael Gala. I mean, not Michael, Amari Cooper a couple years ago, although I think he was probably one of the best in-season trades they've ever made. Um, the Trey Lance thing, I think, sat with some people a little funny, although I think he's kind of found his place in the locker room. He's so quiet. We never really feel them. But I keep saying to people, what would you have got, gone out and gotten? I mean, I guess you could have picked up the phone for Montez Sweat, but I don't see the commanders giving you Montez Sweat. Um, I, I don't know. Derek Henry, I told you guys last week that wasn't going to happen. So I just don't really know what was out there that fans were so hell-bent on getting. I think sometimes fans just want to say, look, we went out and got this guy. Well, the argument that I would make to you is they went out and got you guys this offseason. Stephon Gilmore, which, you know, thankfully you've had him there because I think it's allowed Deron Bland to have some of the games he's had, uh, particularly with the entry of Trayvon Diggs, which we can get to Diggs here in a second. Um, and then they got Brandon Cooks, which finally seeing him get utilized. And last week I told you guys when I had asked them, you know, are you having any say in this playbook? And otherwise, in other words, are you going up to coach like C.D. Lamb and saying, put me in? He goes, no, I trust the process. Well, I went up to him in locker room and I go, well, wait a minute. Didn't you go up to Mike and tell him that you wanted to run a particular play and it worked? He, he started laughing and he said, sometimes when you see something that will work in the game, you've got to go over there and give your input. Obviously, at that point, the game had kind of gotten out of control and, and you can do that. But Brandon Cooks was a really great, like, trade that they did in the offseason that didn't cost them anything and so I think you've got to trust the front office a little bit I mean when you look at all the guys that they've drafted and developed are they going to be batting you know 100 all the time no but I think they've done a pretty pretty good job of of drafting some of these guys and developing them Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on the Blitz on the trade I make a move to make a move I'm I don't subscribe to that but I see like San Francisco and what they got. And I don't know that Washington would have traded with Dallas, but Jerry said all along they weren't going to make a move. I was hoping there might be yeah. something to help the run game, whether it's offensive line depth, which they need, or something to bolster the running back room, which Mike McCarthy all offseason, he got rid of Kellamore because they didn't run the ball enough. And, you know, even with the big lead against the Rams on Sunday, Tony Pollard has 12 carries. Rico Dattle only had five, so that's 17 runs for your running backs. And and you had a big lead. It still doesn't make sense to me with what Mike McCarthy said they wanted to be and what we're actually seeing. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked we talked to Tony Pollard today, and, you know, I, I said to him, I said, CD finally had the game he'd been looking for you looking for one and he said of course and he goes it'll happen like he was really confident that it's gonna happen candidly I just I thought and look full disclosure I was really good friends with Skip Pete I thought Skip was a dynamic coach loved seeing him in the Bucks, but 
I don't know why they didn't bring him back. Uh, you know, they. And for those that don't know, Skip Pete, longtime running back coach yeah. with the Cowboys. Right. And so he's down, he's in Tampa Bay, and I think he was a little shocked when he wasn't re up. And I'm not sitting here talking for him, but you know, I think it was a little bit shocking to some of the guys that had expiring contracts they didn't bring bring up. What I was told was Jerry looked at the uh, coaching roster that they had, and then looked at some of the the rosters of other teams in the league, and thought Mike had way too many people. So that was one caveat there. But then you know, Jeff Blasco hasn't been there all season because. He had, you know, we still don't know what, what was going on with Jeff Blasco. He's a running back coach. So I don't know if there's something to that. If, you know, and I didn't ask Pollard last week. I said, you know, what do you miss from not having Blasco on the sidelines? And, you know, he's kind of talked around it. Like, he tells this to me. I don't know what Blasco does. And that's not me taking anything away from him. I just, I don't know if there's something to that. I don't know if there's, if there's a link there. But my argument all of last year, and, and people, like, yelled at me, Zeke went to New England and didn't make a lot of money. I truly believe he would have taken a pay cut here. And when we talked to Zeke ahead of that Patriots game, it sounds like there was, because I asked Zeke point blank, it sounds like there wasn't much discussion about bringing him back, but I don't know why they didn't, because I think Tony Pollard was a, I think Zeke lost his step, sure. But he was a really good guy on third downs, and I think that when opposing defenses were focused on Zeke, it allowed Tony Pollard to be dynamic. And I just don't think they have that on their roster right now. It's not Malik Davis. It's not Rico Dowdle. You know, love Deuce Vaughn, but it's not Deuce Vaughn. I just, they kept telling us, well, we've got four backs that can all do something different. And I'm like, that says to me you've got a running backs by committee room, which didn't work out well for your wide receiver by committee a couple of years ago. So I think that they're beginning to see some of the results of, and maybe we should have brought in, you know, a bigger guy for all this. You know, Jane, that's an interesting point. And, and, you know, everybody wants to blame Tony Pollard, at least Cowboy fans do. But I think some of that has to fall on the side of the offensive line. I just don't think that offensive line, whether it's injuries or what it is, is playing as well as it has in the past. And I think we saw some of that early in the Rams game when Dak was running yeah. for his life and, and getting sacked. I think that offensive line um, has, a, has some issues. Well, and the Tyron thing was a little shocking because I think when I was on y'all's show last week and even leading up to the game, I was told that Tyron would be fine. And then, you know, it's a neck stinger, so it can flare up at any time. Today, when I went up to him in the locker room, he said, I said, so is there a high probability that you'll play on Sunday? He was like, oh, yeah. And I said, well, what are you doing to make sure you can play? And he said, you know, I'm just resting it because it's a neck, a neck stinger. And he says, I'm just working on, you know, my overall body strength and straightening, strengthening all that ahead of the game. But I, you know, they brought back Tyron, and I get it. You know, he deserves some level of uh, commitment given his time in Dallas. But I, I just don't know if you're developing the future, if he's going to continue to be – like, you know, if you'd brought him back in a Jason Peters-type role, I think that would have been better for your team moving forward. But, you know, they're rolling with Tyron. And Chuma, even though Dak did look it – was, it was rough that first drive – he settled in, and then you've also got Austin Richards, who's had to come in a bunch. So they've got two young rookies behind him. They're, you know, they're working on building those guys back up. But yeah, I think the tyrant thing is, you know, it's, it's he used to be. Remember when he was so resilient, and then it was like, man, he just started to break down in recent yeah. years. So well, n- now it's not if, but when and how long yeah. is he going to be out when he gets hurt? You you can't rely on him. And What's even more frustrating, the time he's missed this year, all injuries that happened at practice, not not even in the game. Um, 
But you look at at the Cowboys' Dak personal success against Philadelphia. Last week, and I know you were at the game, I, I'm curious, at what point did you think, boy, this offense looks like the offense from last year? During the bye, did they dust off some of Kellen Moore's plays and bring them out for the Rams game? Well, I mean, you saw Dak using his feet more, and they were getting the ball. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I think, I mean, I started talking to you guys about this, I think, two years ago when I would get called internally from coaches saying, see what the 49ers do there, see what the Rams do there. They get the ball to their playmaker. Keep feeding Lamb the ball. I mean, he made a great point last week when he said, why are you drafting a wide receiver in the first round if you're not going to completely take advantage of him? Uh, you know, we've seen other teams where even if the receiver is targeted, or you know, is double covered, they're still getting the ball to him. They, he finds a way to make catches. And I think some players need you to keep feeding them in order to get into a rhythm. And I think we saw that on display last week when he had 158 yards, 12, uh, 12 receptions, and two touchdowns. That's, that's what they need to be doing is get the ball to your playmakers. What, what's been the difference, Jane, with, with CD? Because you know, I know he got frustrated in that one game, and uh, you know he and Dak had some words, and, and then now all of a sudden, man, he just looks like a different player. Well, and I think Dak in the press conference at least said, I'm just as frustrated as CD because they, you know, there was so much talk last year about their lack of timing and the chemistry. And, you know, as Dak explains it, even before April, he would have CD over in the backyard, you know, his backyard outdoor uh, practice field, and they had worked on it. So it was frustrating for both of them. And so I, you know, they, that bye week is a lot earlier than what we're normally used to. Normally that bye week, I always feel like hits a little bit later for the Cowboys. They talked about how that bye week really gave them a lot of time to sort of reset and refocus. A lot of guys were still scouting to see what some of their tendencies were, which, I mean, they do that during the week anyways. But I think during that week, they were able to look up at the television and see, even though they were on a bye week, people had a lot to say about this offense. And so good for them. But the best way to shut up the national media and the narratives about Dak is for him to go on the road and beat the Eagles. And not just the national media, guys like Joe Reinagle. <laughs> just, just, just saying. Jane, um, big, big day in the DFW. Are they going to get it done tonight? I don't know. I, I, it's crazy. The bats in this series have been wild. Uh, I'd like to think the Cowboys have it in them, but I, 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 get, I feel like this has been such a back and forth series with these two. I can see them coming back to DFW and maybe closing it at home, which would be a lot of fun, right? So. Uh, I, I love this team. Now, to be fair, I'm, I'm a bandwagon fan. I, I'll be honest. I covered the Rangers, the Shin Chu um, you Darvish years. You know, this was after a couple years after the 2011 game six, which I remember friends popping champagne in that inning and saying, whoa, don't do that just yet. <laughs> um, I, I swore that if I didn't have a job in football anymore and it came down to MLB that, and don't, a mad dog on me this may have to happen one day but i said i'll go in a real estate or medical device sales before i'll go do 162 games sit in the heat and sit in those wells i just god i hated covering the rangers back then so i i, I love it for the organization that they're able to uh to get this one and they've certainly been fun to watch particularly when garcia you know, hasn't been involved in the game uh last night just nice to see like seager and all these guys stepping up well will the metroplex go crazy tonight if they win like you see some cities like in philadelphia they they grease i mean how crazy will it be tonight it's not they're not going to grease the lamppost here or anything if the cowboys (laughs) did i think there'd be things on fire 
I think the difference is like when you see Philly or these places, a lot of people that live in a concentrated city, we obviously don't have that in DFW. I mean, DFW is so spread out. I think it's hard to have that concentration of fans. I think that Metroplex will be excited, but you know, we've already seen the national numbers. It's like one of the lowest ranked world series, which is unfortunate. I've enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I was actually saying that to some friends. I go, notice that they're not going to be out and greet like when they just wrapped that one up against the Astros, which felt like a Super Bowl in baseball to beat their in-state rivals, uh, the cheating at Houston Astros. But hey, hey, it was uh, six. Uh, it was six years ago uh, today, uh, Jane, uh, that, that the Astros that was won there first. That was accurate, Jane. Yeah, now. Forgotten. We haven't forgotten. Uh, but I said they're not going to grease the you know the light post or anything here in Dallas, and I don't anticipate that they'll do that again. Although I think the parade will be fun. And then the question is, do they do the parade in Dallas or they do it through the streets of Arlington? Ah. Interesting. Well, it's, Has anyone figured that out? I am curious. That's like, interesting. Or Fort Worth. I, 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 well, they get a Fort Worth. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm knowing Jerry, he'll probably try to get something out at the star. I mean, you know, or do yeah, you just, yeah, hey, yeah, right? you will, right? I mean, do you just have a parade everywhere? I mean, I, I don't even know. Like last time I was in Dallas, we went to go out and we were going to, to Deep Ellum and our Uber driver was like, I don't know if you guys really want to go to Deep Ellum anymore. And I thought, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, no. no. I mean, that, that's not the place anymore. Wow. Apparently. Yeah, I well, I had Alex Curry's a really good friend of mine, and she was I, we were able to meet up very briefly because we're both you know working right now in season, and she was a Ben Verlander, and they were uh, Justin Verlander's brother. He does uh, Flippin' Bat podcast with her, and so we met for tacos in Deep Ellum, and she said, "Oh, we went out with that." I go, "Yeah, be a little bit careful down here." It's just um, you know when I was in high school and I had a fake ID. Uh, I was a real, like, I was into bands. Like, I was a huge nerd about music. And so we'd go to the Lemon Bar and all these places in Deep Ellum. And that was, like, right around, remember, it was, like, right around the heroin time. So, like, you kind of started staying away from Deep Ellum because of that. Well, now Deep Ellum has all the nightclubs. They've moved off to Cedar Springs. And it does get a little crazy down there at night. We've had a couple of shootings and stuff. So you got to be a little careful in Deep Ellum. Yeah. No, wow. It used to be a great place for live music. And now yeah. it's, uh, it's not. No, no. I'm an old lady. I stick to the Knox Henderson, just dive bars now. So that's where you'll find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing better than a good dive bar somewhere. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Make sure you follow her at NFL Slater. Always appreciate it, Jane. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Thanks, Absolutely guys. Yep. appreciate it. Jane Slater on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond.